Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Shot over three years, Jacinta begins at the Maine Correctional Center where Jacinta... 26 and her mother, Rosemary, are incarcerated together, both recovering from drug addiction. As a child, Jacinta became entangled in her mother's world of drugs and crime and followed her in and out of the system since she was a teenager. I'm going to leave it there because there's a lot more about this film, a lot more I want to talk to our uh, the director, our guest today, about this wonderful film, Jacinta, and that would be Jessica Earnshaw. Jessica, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And you'll hear this a lot. I mean, this is uh, one of those films that uh, it's hard to believe you're witnessing what you're witnessing. And this, the access, the trust that you must have built up with this entire family must have been something remarkable. But before we get to that point and that question, how did you know about Jacinta and how, what put you on this path to document their lives? So I was working on a on a project, like a photo essay, actually, on um, aging in prison at the same prison Jacinta and Rosemary were incarcerated at. So I was following around this elderly woman, and she was friends with Rosemary. So I spent a lot of time with Rosemary at first, and Rosemary told me she had a daughter. I then met Jacinta, and I was coming to the end of that project there were so many women in the prison my age and so many of them were in for drug offenses. And I was hearing a lot about their people's, you know, childhoods and how, how traumatic some of these, these women, most of all of them, their childhoods have been and how, what led them to drug use. So I was interested in doing a photo essay on it. And I ended up, you know, asking Jacinta and Rosemary if they would be a part of that. I interviewed them together for captions and I just was blown away by, by them together. And I was like, oh, this would be way better as like a short film. That's kind of how it started. What was actually what was most interesting to me with them wasn't so much the addiction part of it at all. It was just them as mother and daughter, you know, in prison together and just their their closeness. But then also I was really curious and understanding how did Jacinta end up following in her mother's footsteps? And that's what I wanted to kind of look at. That seems to be the case literally and figuratively literally in her footsteps. I'm looking at your background. You have been in this area of understanding the human condition for a while. What puts you on this uh, as far as your interest, criminal justice, reform, all of the things that go along with it? Um, how did that start for you? I, I was really interested in injustice and how we how we punish people. I really believe in restorative justice and how around the world we deal with crimes. In some countries, it's very restorative. It's not about putting somebody in um, away forever. It's about bringing them back into society and how that kind of works within communities. I was interested in it and I wanted to do this aging in prison project. And then once I went into the prison, it just was really eye opening and and just strange, you know, to see people basically in cages. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think we all get used to that idea to some extent that we have prisons and we punish people in this way. And, and we kind of just, you know, I think nowadays maybe we don't trust the criminal justice system as we might have in the past, but I don't know. There's something very crazy about it because there's a lot of people in prison that have gotten there through 
their upbringing or kind of what Jacinta is about, you know, and yeah, exactly. they're not, they're not bad people. They're in there due to circumstance. I was in this area of our society, not that I've been in jail, but I mean, I, I actually was, was part of an effort to reform the criminal justice system uh, many years ago. And they're now able to predict people who will end up in jail based on these kind of sociological surveys, sort of demographic surveys, et cetera. And being poor is a big factor in whether or not you're going to be involved in the criminal justice system, not whether or not your behavior warrants being in jail, but just the circumstances of being poor. And that feels like this is kind of a subtext to this generational impact that it's had on their family. Is that, mm-hmm. is that fair? Yeah, I'd say so, for sure. I mean, it goes back as far I was able to trace it back really to Rosemary's parents, the trauma, and I'm sure it goes way further back than that. But yeah, I'd say so. Well, let's get back to the part of the discussion that I was talking about earlier. So you've met them, you um, something about them really caught your attention, approaching them to be part of a film project, but also approaching the institution that they find themselves in. I know how difficult that is here in California. Very difficult to find yourself on the inside documenting what's going on. A little bit about that and then how reticent or accepting were they of them, of you being in their lives? Well, as far as the prison went, I mean, that started a year prior to meeting them because I was trying to get access to this aging in prison project. And for that, I wanted to um, follow people, follow elderly people in their daily lives, but have like really great access to do it. So I wanted to basically film everything they did from the morning to night. And so that was a big ask for most prisons. Most people said no way, but I ended up talking to the deputy warden at the main correctional main state prison, who's actually no longer there, but he really believed in the, what I was trying to do with that story. So he agreed to allow me to come in and, um, and I built a really good, I, you know, I built trust with them. And then, uh, I was in the women's prison, I went from the men's prison to the women's prison and, um, the warden, the women's prison, because I built trust in the men's prison, she trusted me. She let me come in. She gave me the same access. And then, and then when I, I was already, in there. And then it was pretty easy just to go straight into a different project because I had already built the relationship. And with Jacinta and Rosemary, I think it, we got along really well. Like I really enjoyed my time with Rosemary. I really enjoyed my time with all the women in that prison. I think having developed a relationship with Rosemary first, I think it helped you know, with Jacinta, I think Jacinta immediately was open to talking to me because her mother trusted me. And and it's just really a time. I spent so much time there. It wasn't like just quick ins and outs. I was there all day because I was photographing. I guess most of the first couple of weeks I was there, I was sitting with people and they were playing cards. It wasn't like I had to film, you know, photo- right. photography is so different. I can take a couple of pictures here and there and then I can just hang and chat. You know, I was joking around with Rosemary. Hugh. I can't remember who was cheating. I think it was like <laughs> the elderly woman I was photographing and joking around with the ladies. And it was, it was cool. Having the time to, you know, to spend with Jacinta and Rosemary and watching the film, Jacinta, by the way, I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with the director of the film, Jacinta, and that's Jessica Earnshaw, and it will be premiering on Hulu on Friday, October 8th. So be looking for this. And also people can go to the website, Jacinta, J-A-C-I-N-T-A film.com to find out a little bit more about the film and about your work and, and, and such. 
the definition of love in this mm-hmm. film is tested and and needs to be reevaluated in terms of she loved her mother, her mother loves mm-hmm. her, Jacinta loves Kayleen, but how it plays out in quote unquote real life, what I'm saying is it's it's difficult to watch and mm-hmm. it's hard to watch. Mm-hmm. It's about love though. I mean, they truly do care about each other to the nth degree. Let's talk a little bit about that. Well, it's I love that you you're you bring that up because last night we had our premiere in New York and Kaylin and Jacinta were at it. And I was it just kind of occurred to me. I was like, oh, this is a love story. Like I haven't been calling it that, but I'm like, this is in some ways it's a love story about these generations of, you know, mothers and daughters. And I mean, that's the thing, you know, I, I had no interest in doing a story about addiction. I didn't go into this thinking I was even going to do that. Like I said, I thought it was gonna be a short film actually about recovery. I stayed and I wanted to stay and I loved going back to Maine, even though it was hard because of the love in the family. I mean, what you see in the film is so accurate to what it, to that love that was there. And that's what made it so much more heartbreaking in certain ways, because everybody was really trying their best and really, you know, trying to do right with each other. And I don't know, it was really, it was, it's hard to watch. It was hard to be there for, but it also was like really beautiful in certain ways. Like it was like, there was this light in the darkness that was so um, worth staying for. There's this kind of savage glory to their love for one another. Mm-hmm. And I, and again, addiction, illness, family trauma, trauma in general, I, I'm convinced uh, more and more all the time that so much of what we see in terms of people's behavior, addiction, uh, other destruct, destructive behaviors is rooted in trauma and mm-hmm. an inability to understand what that does and, and, and an inability to find someone who they can be comforted or get help or whatever it might be. So, and trauma certainly is a big part of their family experience, right? Sexual abuse, oh. you, all kinds of things. And again, going back to the economics of this, the lack of opportunity, lack of educational opportunity, and just general family dysfunction, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. 100%. And that's the thing that I've found in so much of the work I do, which is, I think, part of the reason I think it's so important. And I, I really am interested in doing these kind of stories is that when you start hearing about people's upbringings and how the, you know, the course of their lives, how they got to where they got, it, it, it kind of makes sense. You know, it's not like someone just, we're all born in different spot with different challenges. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people in prison who have, when you've, you heard their stories of what happened to them as kids or what they witnessed, it's almost hard to believe. And it's not surprising that they ended up getting addicted to drugs, like, or whatever. I mean, if I went through some of the things the women went through, I am sure I would reach for heroin to numb that pain, especially if you don't have any resources to have get proper, you know, mental health care or trauma therapy. It's like, especially, you know, if you have any kind of abuse happening within your families or incest or whatever, it's like, you need a lot of appropriate care to manage that. Well, it, it tears at the very fundamental part of being a human being. And mm-hmm. it just 
it's an atom bomb going off in your in your brain and your mind and, and the physical implications of all of this trauma. It may be a psychological trauma, but it tends to manifest itself in very physically destructive ways. It, um, there's a, a psychologist, I believe, is a psychologist, psychiatrist, uh, Gabor mm-hmm. Mate, who's been doing a lot of work out of Vancouver in the air, in the field of trauma and physical ramifications of trauma. I've been a fan of his for many years, and those are the kind of approaches we need more of. You know, so interesting. I interviewed him in at the very beginning of working on this. I was interviewing experts in addiction, not necessarily thinking that it would be part of the film, but I wanted to understand more. And I interviewed him about three or four months after I met Jacinta and started this project. And he was incredible. His work uh, is insane. Yeah. yeah. And there he works at least when I was more aware of what he's doing, he was working strictly in the field of addiction, dealing with uh, heroin addicts. And I believe it was Vancouver. And that was all mm-hmm. he did was basically kind of work in that field. So at, and before I let you go, because this is an important part of the sort of cinematic experience that you will, you will experience watching Jacinta, you are there for some of the most grim and, and disturbing parts of uh, Jacinta's life as well as some others, but certainly hers. And as, as the film goes on for me, kind of the emotional attachment to her and hoping that things are going to turn around for her and watching what she's going through. And it gives, it, it's just about as good of a film as I've ever seen in terms mm-hmm. of understanding addiction, understanding it at the day-to-day level at this, at this kind of, this one person for me is so much about what addiction is and what it does to people. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. just to be in the room with her again, we, we talked a little bit about it before, but I mean, to be in the room with her, watching her do what she was doing and not knowing whether or not she was going to survive is I, I just can't imagine. Oh, it was so, so hard when she first used, I, yeah, I, I honestly didn't know if I was strong enough to do this emotionally because I just cared so much about her. And like, I knew we had had so many conversations and I knew how much she wanted to get back to Kaylin. She had so much, so many dreams and she felt like she could do it this time. And like, oh, it was, it was so hard. But I think I realized that the challenge I was having was just so, it was all, that was all about me, you know? Like I found that hard. I saw it as being hard to see, but Jacinta's lived with this her entire life and she wanted to be seen and she didn't want me to leave her side. And, and I, and I think also, I think in some ways she, she thought she was like letting me down by using, and it's not about me, you know what I mean? And I think that was, you know, I'm so glad I continued and we had conversations about that Jacinta and I, and ultimately it was kind of a film of not knowing where it was going, but trying to stay in the moment and really like be a witness to Jensen to wherever she was at without expectations that she was going to get to any place that I wanted her to be at. Well, and Kaylin, as we were talking about, what a wonderful young woman and how energetic we see her at the beginning of the film. She's just a ball of energy and she's and she's bright. Everyone in the film, that's another thing I want to emphasize. Rosemary's bright. Jacinta's bright, Kaylin's bright. These, this is not a lack of some kind of intellectual capacity to understand what's going on in their lives. They're all very much aware of it. 
so much work to be done, so much that we can do as a society to help that research, to help these people get the help that they need, and also to provide them with an opportunity to not be in those circumstances. We can do so much more. And, and at the end of the day, if you're just purely a, a numbers guy, it is so much better for our economy and our society to do the right thing that it's not even close. Thank God for this increasingly expanding world of social uh, study, social, um, the, the, the social costs involved in so many of these issues that we've been saying we can't afford to do the, anything about it because of X, Y, Z. The fact is, we have to do something about it, and it makes economic sense as well. We're finding that out more and more. So much here. There's just so much in this film, and it's just just into as as in inadvertently or by happenstance or by the grace of you being there, is really illuminated a part of uh, of this whole world that um, I just uh, I feel like this is really one of those films that people will refer to when they talk about this kind of stuff. So um, thank you. Thank you for your work here. Jacinta is opening um, or it's going to be premiering on Hulu on uh, Friday, October 8th. Be looking for it. You can go also go to jacintafilm.com to find out more. And Jessica Earnshaw, thank you so very much for your work. And thank you for spending some time with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so great to talk to you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Music